We've all seen the incredible horse and rider combinations as the backbone of our sport. But what about everything else that makes the equestrian world tick? From the everyday grind to the world-class professional, join the Equestrian Podcast as we talk about every equestrian discipline in a way that hasn't been done before. Now here's your host, rider, trainer, and influencer behind my equestrian style, Bethany Lee. Hello, and welcome back to the Equestrian Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Lee, and this is episode 127. Our guest today is an international show jumping athlete that had an amazing junior career and has continued to shine through her professional years. She had a second place finish in the 2016 hit Saugerties Million Dollar Grand Prix, a third place finish in the $130,000 Longines FEI World Cup President's Cup at the Washington International Horse Show in 2019, as well as several top ribbons in Nations Cups at WEF, Hampton Classic, Palm Beach Masters, Devon, Hickston and Spruce Meadows. She also recently joined the Major League Show Jumping AIM United team that kicks off this May alongside Ashley Bond, Sydney Schulman, Eugenio Garza, Andrew Wells, and Brian Gutal. And so with that, please welcome our guest today, Catherine Tyree. I would love to hear how you first got into the horse world. So I grew up in downtown Chicago, which isn't your typical uh, horse country, but my mom actually rode and she would bring myself and my sister to the barn with her. And one day she let us get on one of her horses and the rest is history from there. I would say I was about five years old when that first happened. Love it. Awesome. Did you grow up showing in at like the Ledges Lamplight? Ledges Lamplight, a little bit of Kentucky Horse Park when I was ready, but I definitely was a um, Ledges winter warrior. Love that. Yeah, I grew up in southeastern Wisconsin, so I would make my way down there. (laughs) Awesome. So once you started riding and caught the bug, at what point were you like, okay, I'm going to do this seriously? And at what point were you like, I want this to be a part of the rest of my life? So I definitely would say when I was 15 or 16, I got really serious about the sport. I always kept riding throughout my childhood and I never really took a break, but I also dabbled in a lot of other sports and riding was just really the one that stuck with me and that I was really passionate about. I absolutely loved being around the horses. So yeah, when I was about 15 or 16, I really put all of my focus and commitment towards that. And from there it's taken off. And I'd say that Kind of in the back of my mind the whole time, I knew that I wanted horses to be a part of my life in some capacity. And then as I was going through college, it became more and more apparent to me that really what would make me happy would be trying to find a way of life that I could make this my profession and what I want to do. And I've been really lucky to uh, have the support from my family and various different people around me to support me as I pursue that goal and that passion and trying to pave a way to make this my life. Amazing. So as you were deciding that you were wanting to take the next level with your riding, how did that kind of change your riding schedule, your your training, your showing, and then kind of your, your horses and ponies as that adjustment was happening? So after I graduated high school, I took a gap year actually to really focus on riding. I just started riding with Missy Clark and John Brennan at North Run. And I really wanted to take advantage of the opportunity, not only having great trainers, but great horses that they had helped me find in the first year that I started with them. So 
I was able to get my parents on board and supporting me and my desire to want to take a year off to just focus on riding. And I'd say that's where everything really started to take off. I had a great junior career. I had great horses and a lot of success. And I attribute a lot of that to my trainers. I started with Katie Kapler in Chicago and my last junior year, I moved to John and Missy. And from there, we've just taken off and we've done a lot of things together. I'd say there never was really a defining moment was where I was like, this is when I need to buckle down or this is when I really need to start focusing on that. That kind of was always my mentality and things just progressed from there. So I never really had to make a huge adjustment in the way that I viewed my time in the sport, what I was doing or my goals. That was always my mindset, no matter what I was doing. So from there, we've, we've done a lot of great things. And I'd say like the, the biggest turning point for me and knowing like I was able to do this would, would be when I jumped my first nation's cup team in 2016 in Wellington with Bokai and I jumped double clear. So that had always been a huge goal of mine to represent the U.S. team. And to do that my first time out was the most rewarding experience and something that definitely will always stick out in my mind. What are some things that you feel like really stick out in your head as, you know, like memories or defining moments during your junior career? And what were some challenges that you were facing in those times? So I would say a few things happened in my junior career that kind of made me realize that I belonged in the group of riders that we had. There were a lot of talented juniors uh, in my generation. So it was always very competitive. But I would say the first kind of big thing that I did was being third at the McClay finals in 2010. That really like came out of left field for me. I had a great horse and great trainers and a really good program, but I never quite expected that result, especially so early. I was 16 at the time. And so that to me was just a whirlwind. And I often look back at it and like, wow, that, (laughs) that was crazy to do that. Um, So that's definitely something that stuck out in my mind. And then just, you know, throughout my junior career, I had really great horses. I won some classes at Harrisburg and Devon and the junior jumpers. I would say I was a little bit late actually getting into the jumpers. And that would be where I struggled with consistency uh, as I was a junior. But I just kept sticking to it and kept going forward. And now I've gotten to the point where I am. Um, Definitely not even a low point, but something that is always a little bit hard for me to think about is I did pre-estates when I was a junior. And the first time I did it, I fell off the first day. So (laughs) that was like, okay, we, we need to really focus on the jumpers and like come back and be better next time. And so for sure, like all of the experiences that I had when I was younger have helped shape my mentality and my mindset towards the sport. And like I've said, I've, I was always really lucky to have great people around me and really great horses that enabled me to not only get the experience that I needed, but to help me gain confidence. Yeah. I feel like for a lot of riders who maybe started in different rings later than maybe most, I I feel like have that common internal struggle with, or like that feel or need to like, feel like they're always catching up or having, you know, having to catch up with the kids that maybe started the jumpers way younger. But what did you feel like the equitation rings and Missy and John and Katie taught you as a junior rider and in, in, in the equitation ring to really prepare you for the jumpers? 
I think the equitation is the foundation of my writing. It taught me so much that is, is really applicable to the jumpers today in a lot of different facets. It really stresses the importance of line and track, which is a very big component when it comes to jumping the biggest Grand Prix and trying to be the fastest in the jump off. So that for sure is something that I am forever grateful for that I put the time in and had great trainers to help me with that and to learn that. It also really helps with dealing with pressure. You know, the equitation finals are something that every junior rider wants to qualify for and wants to do well when they get there. And I was lucky enough to have nice horses and that I had a really great partnership with. So I was in the position of being in the final four at USET finals and testing at McClay finals and just being put in different situations at a younger age has definitely helped me deal with pressure now in the FEI classes. You know, it's hard walking into the ring, knowing you're in a jump off against McLean Ward and BZ Madden, but it's a different kind of pressure for sure than what you deal with when you're a junior in equitation or at Preda States and things like that. But you have the tools and have access to the tools at an earlier age that are then applicable for more stressful situations and whatever you may do. So that's been really helpful for me as well. Tell me a little bit about your mentality or kind of what you're thinking about as far as your mindset is concerned going into these big rings, like what you were saying, competing against top riders in the world. And I feel like there must be mixed emotions or or maybe some fear or insecurity when you were first starting into that realm of like, oh my gosh, I am riding against amazing riders who have been doing this for a while. They've won these classes. They're super, super good. And and I feel like that could sometimes be a struggle or sometimes be the pressure you need to be successful. So how is that kind of for you as you were transitioning into those classes? I was definitely very shell-shocked at first. Yeah. I'm in this schooling ring with those people and even now, like I go to Europe and I have the same like butterflies. Like I was two summers ago, I was in Hickstead jumping for the U S team. And I was riding around the ring with Marcus Enning and I was like, this doesn't make sense to me, but wow. yeah, <laughs> but it was, it's so cool to be able to do that. And it's, it gives me confidence just being like, wow, you've worked really hard and things are finally coming together and it's incredibly rewarding. But for me, when I transitioned to the bigger classes, yes, I knew I was competing against, you know, BZ and Kent and McLean and Laura and all of these people that I looked up to. And it was something that like I had to get used to and I had to convince myself that I belonged with them and that mm-hmm. I had earned my right to be in those classes. And I was really lucky that the first horse that I had to jump bigger on, Sandra de la Palm, had been there and done that. And he gave me a lot of great experience and confidence jumping a little bit bigger. But I would say that the biggest contributor to the confidence that I have now and that gave me the experience and the results to feel like I belong in these classes would be Enjoy Louie. He was an incredibly special horse to me and made me believe that I could jump the biggest classes in the world at a really young age. And he is one that I will forever be indebted to and holds a special place in my heart. And I just retired him actually last year. Wow. So he for sure is, is the one that kind of gave me the confidence and the belief that I can jump these classes. And it's something now that those experiences with him and those rounds with him have helped me had have a much 
calmer demeanor and mindset before I jump these classes. As we are jumping into the winter horse show season, have you ever spent hours on Facebook looking for boarding options that fit your needs and chasing after people to make everything happen every year? Artemis wants you to spend more time riding than online. Artemis is an all-in-one tailored platform for competitive riders on the go. Use Artemis to make boarding reservations, purchase and lease show horses, view vet records, and utilize vetted photographers along with other equine services. You will love Artemis's streamlined approach in serving each discipline. They do all the hard work up front in supplementing the due diligence process and everything you need is in one place. Artemis has already launched its hunter jumper service and next up will be dressage and polo. For the trainers out there, Artemis also offers a service called Virtual Rain that is live right now. It's a must-have management tool for every trainer to schedule lessons, keep track of clients' horses, supplements, and more. So check all of this out at their website, artemisequestrian.club. That's artemis, A-R-T-E-M-I-S, equestrian.club. Thank you so much, Artemis. Let's get back to the episode. What would you say is a piece of advice that you've gotten from Missy and John over the years that like always sticks with you and something that you are thinking about, you know, when you're getting ready to compete? I think one of the biggest things that I've learned from them, and it's hard to pick one because I've learned a lot from them over the last 10 years. Yeah. One of the things is to ignore what everyone else is doing. What they are doing has no impact on what you are doing and to trust your system, your relationship with your horse, your plan, because what everyone else is doing really doesn't affect that. And the sport that we do, there's a hundred different ways to get to a certain point and no one's path is. So it's really important to focus on yourself and what you're doing and keep your head down and keep working at your goal and what you want and try to block out the noise of everybody else and the distraction that someone else's success or whatever Mm -hmm. Doing, you know, there it can be really distracting seeing someone else's success or wanting to get to that point too. But it's really important to know that everyone gets there at their own pace, mm-hmm. doing their own thing, and to really just trust that. Yeah, that's that's awesome advice for sure. Tell me a little bit about your first experience or kind of what you remember of it from going to Europe to compete. So the first time I went actually was right when I aged out of being a junior. So mm-hmm. it was right it was in the middle of my gap year and we put together a little tour where we went and we jumped the Gucci Masters in Paris and a horse show in Salzburg. And at that point, like I really had just been doing the junior jumpers and I did my first two-star Grand Prix in Paris and I thought the jumps were massive. Yeah. I it was the horse that I had just spent the whole year building a relationship with and I knew I was in good hands. So that part was really cool. It was definitely like a first important milestone for me. And I I really enjoyed the experience and I always knew that I wanted to go back. I just never quite imagined or dreamed at that point that in just a few years time I'd be going back and jumping it's one of the nicest shows in the world, yeah. five-star events, and being on the U.S. team. So it was definitely the start of something that I never quite imagined. If you were talking to someone or someone listening that struggles with the idea of, you know, they're jumping a certain height and looking to 
up that height a little bit, like let's say they're doing like a meter 20 and going up to a meter 30, meter 40 and so on. What exercises or what, what would you give them as a piece of advice for them to start feeling comfortable at those new heights? I definitely think the most important thing is to not only trust yourself and your relationship with your horse, but to trust the team around you and your trainers. They're never going to put you in a class that they don't think you're capable of. So if anything, moving up should boost your confidence because your team believes in you and they believe that you have the tools and the experience to step up to the next level. So it's really important just to remember that part. It's always scary or nerve wracking. You get a little bit like nervous energy when you move up because oftentimes people really care and they want to continue to succeed and excel. And it's important to channel all of that energy into something positive and just reinforcing that you are able to do it. Your team believes in you and you should believe in yourself and your relationship with your horse. Totally. What are some of your favorite exercises to put together at home to make sure you are, you know, in a good frame of mind that your horse is balanced and, and ready to compete? What, what are some things that you like to put together? So my favorite thing for the horses before I go to a show is to build a gymnastics that I actually learned from John and Missy. So I do a series of four verticals. They don't have to be very big that are set 18 feet apart. And I give myself a takeoff pull at the first one that's nine feet away. And then I put a pull between each vertical at nine feet and then a landing pull after the last one that's nine feet away. And I found that it's really helpful for horses to find their balance, work on their technique and to just really keep them collected and relaxed. And that's something that I've I've done with a lot of my horses and it's never failed me. So it's something that I find myself reverting back to quite often. Cool. Yeah. I love that exercise. What does your 2021 year look like? Obviously we've had a unique 2020 and that's probably adjusted your plan a little bit. What does this year look like for you and what are some of your goals you have for yourself? So I have two horses that just turned nine, both of which missed out a little bit last year, given the circumstances, but they are ready to get going again and step up to some bigger classes. So they are definitely my focus for this winter. Amor has a little bit more experience than Camilla. So I hope to jump her in some 150 classes this winter and cool. just get her more consistent at that level and then bring Camilla up to meter 45. And then after that, I am on a major league team, which I'm really excited about. I think it's a really cool initiative. And I, I'm lucky enough to be on a team with a lot of people that I call close friends. And I think it'll be really exciting. So that's my main focus when I leave here. So I'll have my two Grand Prix horses, Lorenzo and Bokai, to jump for those. And then I, can, I know I can call on Amor and Camilla to step up and jump bigger classes when I need them to. So I'm really looking forward to this year. I'm happy to get back showing and I'm excited for the things to come. And I just hope that, you know, everyone stays safe and healthy and things turn around in the world and we can all do what we love to the highest capacity. Totally. I know. I, I'm so thankful that there still is. I mean, despite all of the the changes that we see, I mean, especially at WEF and, you know, at, at horse shows around the country, there's definitely some changes for sure. But the fact that we are still able to show at some capacity is such a relief. I know for me, it was like, it's like therapy being at a show. So it's definitely nice to be able to be back at, at any capacity at all. 
for sure. And the show organizers have done an amazing job at trying to make everyone feel safe and comfortable. And, you know, I think everyone shares the same sentiments that we are incredibly lucky to be doing what we are doing. There are a lot of people in the world who are unable to work or do things that they enjoy or pursue. Mm -hmm. So for us to be able to do that is incredibly rewarding and just really makes you stop and think and just remember how lucky you are and it puts things in perspective. So totally very happy that we're back going and it for sure has made myself more grounded this past year and Mm -hmm. what we all had to deal with. So what would you say is an area of the industry that you are particularly passionate about that you feel like the rest of the equestrian community either just doesn't know a lot about or doesn't talk that much about? I think one of the areas of our industry that people often overlook is the importance of our grooms and our support staff. They are the ones who day in and day out are taking care of the horses and making sure that they are okay and that they are at their highest capacity in terms of health and well-being and just making sure they're happy. So I think that they are the backbone to what we do and without them, a lot of the results and everything that we do as riders and trainers and sales brokers wouldn't be possible. Mm -hmm. So I think that I don't want to say people overlook it. I just think that, you know, some staff are taken for granted and at least in my mind, I am incredibly appreciative for the people who I'm lucky enough to have working for me and to help take care of the horses and just make sure that everything is, is going as well as it can be. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it is such a big part of success is having a solid team that, you know, understands the goal and has the love for horses. And it's amazing. I know, you know, personally I've had experience with even just helping out at like Lake Placid or, you know, do, doing some, some grooming there where, where we need to. And, oh my gosh, I feel like the two weeks is like the longest two weeks ever. I'm like, I don't know how our grooms and our staff do that because it is such a hard job. And I mean, it has to be for the love of the horse and the love of the sport, but it is, yeah, I I totally agree. I think that all of the parts of the team are so important to find the overall success. For sure. And, you know, taking care of the horses is is a 24 seven job and Mm -hmm. find yourself in a position where you have people that, you know, you can call on and that really love the horses and are completely invested in what they do. That's an amazing feeling. I'm really lucky to have two amazing girls who work for me and help take care of the horses. And I wouldn't trade them for anyone else. They are so reliable and so passionate. And I know that no matter what, they are going to be there for not only me, but more importantly, my horses. Yeah. So priceless for sure. What are some big picture, like big time goals that you have for yourself and the sport moving forward? For sure. Representing on representing the U.S. team would be something that I want to continue to do. I've had an amazing time doing it and there is nothing more rewarding than putting on the pink coat to jump for your country. So that's definitely something that I would love to do more. And I've really found myself enjoying getting horses at a little bit of a younger age and bringing them along. You know, the first one that I did that with happened to be BEC Lorenzo. I got him at the end of his seven-year-old year. And it has been the perfect story. He's jumped five-star Grand Prix now. So I'm a little bit spoiled. And that the first time that I did it, 
was really successful and now he has gone on to be an amazing horse, but it's wow. really, really shown me that I really enjoy working with the younger horses and bringing them along. And it's an incredibly rewarding experience, just every milestone along the way. So that's something that I really want to put my time and effort and focus into with the hopes of one day finding it, you know, that hidden gem or that horse that's the perfect match that can take me all the way to the top and Mm -hmm. maybe one day represent the country at the Olympic Games. Amazing. Well, Kat, thank you so much for taking the time and sharing your story and little bits of knowledge. And I am so excited to continue to follow your journey and I wish you all the best. Thank you, Bethany. Thank you so much for taking the time. I really enjoyed speaking with you. All right. That is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute and write a review on iTunes. I would so appreciate it. It helps people like you find the podcast and it helps me get some killer guests. Thank you so much. And I will talk to you next week.